Hello again today, wherever you are in the world, I welcome you again. Wow, what a show. We're in a series titled, and all, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong time zone. You can tell I'm getting tired for sure. No, our series on our Wow, What a Show this time is Apples of Gold. We are indeed reading through the book of Proverbs, and it has really been um, just really very, very good. We poured out so much and learned so much. We are you know, exercised in hearing this wisdom from the Lord and uh, checking ourselves by it. We're doing sort of a self-assessment. And it's good to do that, right? Because uh, we are living to live again and uh, making our election and our calling sure. We are transforming, allowing the, the word of God to transform our minds and our hearts so that we are uh, certain of our salvation. And so here we are reading through Proverbs. And you know, I didn't know it was going to be this good to do it. I really didn't. I have read through Proverbs a couple of times, of, of course, and may, maybe more than not read in them anyway, uh, several times, and have paid attention to so much that is said here. And yet I think I've not walked away with as much as I could have. So the reading and sharing as we've been doing through the last, what, uh, well, since the beginning of July, has really been both an eye-opener and also in some areas of life, a reminder of just what righteousness means when we are dealing with the, the wisdom of God. And so I'm, I'm so glad that, that we did it. Uh, thank you for coming, Saki Prince. <laughs> thank you. Here we are. We are indeed in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to get started. I was kind of expecting um, a co-host to join me, but I think I'm going to just read through the Proverbs and then move on. So Proverbs 16 uh, says, Number one, the verse, first verse, the reflections of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And these are, I'm just going to read them. They're very self-explanatory and they are rep repeated in earlier chapters. And so if you have one that you really want to focus on, definitely we can talk about it. Good evening, Chosen. It's good that you are here. So the, the reflections of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All a man's ways seem right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the motives. Mm. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord, he be assured he will not go unpunished. Wickedness is atoned for by loyal and faithfulness, and one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And I just want to stop before I go further because I did not pray, and I do want to ask the Lord to keep my mind and my heart stayed on him, to allow me to focus and to hear 
clearly those things that he is saying so that I can be of service to those who are hearing as well. I don't want to misspeak or misstep in any way. And I ask the Lord to forgive me for all of my transgressions even before I get into his word. So we are now at verse, what, seven? We're going to verse eight. Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. You know, I want you to really hear it. And I want you to really uh, take a moment when I'm reading. I'm going to read slowly so that you can jot down or recall any of these Proverbs that really speak to you. And at the end of my reading, I will try to help highlight some of those instead of what we usually do. And that's um, highlight the ones that we, you know, just go through all of them. I don't want to do that tonight. I want you to make a note and then share with me. And if I can get it up, I'm trying to get a commentary so that we don't have to depend on me, but rather on what the Lord is actually saying and, and, and what scholars are saying also about this amazing word of God. So we're in verse now um, nine, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his step. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. Verse 10, God's verdict is on the lips of a king. His mouth should not err in judgment. Hear it. 20, I mean, I'm sorry, verse 11. Honest balances and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his concern. Verse 12. Wicked behavior is detestable to kings since a throne is established through righteousness. Verse 13. Righteous lips are a king's delight and he loves one who speaks honestly. 14. A king's fury is a messenger of death, but a wise man appeases it. Verse 15. When a king's face lights up, there is life. His favor is like a cloud with spring rain. 16. Acquire wisdom. How much better it is than gold and acquire understanding, it is preferable to silver. 17. The highway of the upright avoids evil. The one who guards his way protects his life. Verse 18. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before fall. Verse 19, better to be lowly of spirit with the humble than to divide plunder with the proud. Verse 20, the one who understands a matter finds success and the one who trusts in the Lord will be happy. Verse 21, 
Anyone with a wise heart is called discerning, and pleasant speech increases learning. 22. Insight is a fountain of life for its possessor, but folly is the instruction of fools. Verse 23. A wise heart instructs its mouth and increases learning with its speech. 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. 25. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it is the way of death. 26. A worker's appetite works for him because his hunger urges him on. 27. A worthless man digs up evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. 28. A contrary man spreads conflict, and a gossip separates friends. 29. A violent man lures his neighbor, leading him in a way that is not good. 30. The one who narrows his eyes is planning deceptions. The one who compresses his lips brings about evil. 31. Gray hair is a glorious crown. It is found in the way of righteousness. 32. Patience is better than power, and controlling one's temper than capturing a city. And 33. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Well, praise God, we read them all. And I called out the verse so that you could make a note of the verses that caught your attention. And at this time, again, I want to welcome all of you who are here. Saki, Prince, Chosen, Mensa Priscilla, I guess, and um, Light Touch. Bless you all for being here. We are reading Proverbs chapter 16, and this is a series titled Apples of Gold. And as I said before, it has been such an eye-opener and a reminder of God's way as He searches our hearts by the pronouncements of these wisdom sayings. And remember, in the beginning, we read from chapter 1, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, to obtain wisdom, we have to know God's own mind about every aspect of our being. And what the Proverbs do is force us to look inside to see if, the, if we are lining up with God's word. And so uh, what we're finding here is that um, in many ways, you know, the, the word is searching the inner man searching our motives, our intents, our heart condition. And so it has been so good to actually do this 
to read them aloud. And one of the things that happens when when we read the Bible to ourselves, and like I said, most times I like, I prefer to just sit there and read to myself, just between me and the Lord. It's as if I dive in, like I leave the earth and I go strictly into the kingdom. That's how good it is for me to spend time in God's word alone. But when I have read the Proverbs this time aloud, I think it's it's different. It's to you hear it. And for some reason, hearing it has made me reflect on it in a very different way. And when I hear it, suddenly I'm already convicted. And I believe it's because there are so many of the Proverbs and that they are really quite repetitious so the lord when we when we get uh, something that is repeated in a scripture or the psalms and proverbs it happens a lot in the in the poetic um literature of the bible it is done so for emphasis it is that god really is emphasizing a thing which means that it's very important and we need to really pay attention Good evening, Tony. Good evening, Truck Jewels. It is so good that you are here. And as I read through these Proverbs, I wanted every one of us to take you know, a note of the one that hits your heart the most. What did you hear that really caused you to maybe not hear the next one because you were still thinking about the last one that was read? Um, and if you need for me to read them again, if, if you just say so, I will surely do it. And this time, I'll just read them straight through. Now, I did also change the um, the version of the Bible. I'm reading the study Bible. Um, it's the, let me see, what, what do we call this Bible? Because I don't use it a lot. I usually read straight from the King James. You know, it's Old English. I learned to read it, and I do. But I thought that because we're repeating uh, the this same chapter every day that I'll do one from the King James and then I'll do another from a different translation. And this evening I'm using the Holman Christian Standard by Holman, and um, it's really it's present day English for the first. That's the first thing, and in some ways it kind of translates. And sometimes there's a little bit of a twist, a little different um, meaning on it, but uh, pretty much it's the same. Uh, meaning, the meaning extracted is constant. So, since I don't see anyone requesting any particular verse, I I do have the uh, commentary over. I will start again with, um, I'm going to go to the very last verse. And in the Holman Bible, it reads, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent. Oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. I'm sorry. 30, verse 33, the Lord is cast into, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. And in the King James, it reads, um, I shall read it. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. And that is definitely um, causes you to think a little bit, you know, about what in the world does that say? And what in the world are are we supposed to extract from that? So I'm going to uh, read the the commentary uh, and see if we can get some kind of 
uh, understanding from this one. I, I, am I reading right? The lot is cast into the lap. Yes. 33. Here we go. This was something similar to the rolling of dice to cast a lot. To cast a lot was to use some tool of chance to make a choice. And remember in scripture, we've read where, um, I think it was uh, 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 Gideon. He, 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 he said, Lord, you know, put the dew on the thing so I'll know that you've spoken if there's no dew. And he even told him to do it again. I can't remember quite the details, but there have been a, a couple of times when we see guys needing a sign or needing for the Lord to do something. And of course, uh, the folks cast lots for Jesus Christ's vestment. So the casting of lots was a practice among the people. And it said here that the lot was used to divide the land of Israel among the tribes. That's right, in the book of Numbers and Joshua, they did this, they cast lots. And to arrange the workers for the temple, that is found in First Chronicles 24, uh, chapter 24, verse 5. The disciples used lots to fill the vacancy left by Judas. It is every decision, and every decision is from the Lord. And the idea is not that every single event in life is a message from God, nor is it that we should use games of chance to determine God's will. I don't think we should at all. To cast the lot was a way uh, for these guys to commit their decision to God. And when we do that, God guides us. So they were in, in, a, in, a, in a way saying, Lord, hear you know, we want you to make this decision for us. And so we're going to throw in the lot and we ask you to, you know, <laughs> show us which one is right. And that sounds a little, you know, out there for us because we, we are not doing that today. But that is the meaning behind this particular proverb. All in all, we want to get this one point, And that is that God does indeed uh, guide the footsteps of the righteous. So when we cast our burden on him, that's another reference. Cast your burdens upon, upon me for I care for you. That's what the Lord is telling us. He will direct our paths. He will show us and guide us in the way that we should go. And I start at the bottom to go back to the top, right? Because the last verses are sort of the summation of the entire chapter. What is being said here simply ends up there. It really ends in us depending on God to guide us and to show us his direction. So uh, uh, chapter 16, verse 1 says in the Holman Bible, the reflections of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The reflections of the heart, you know, and I like King James really for, for most of my reading. I just almost cannot um, be happy with anything else. I want to read it from King James as well. And, and it's written in, in this version, the King James version, that the uh, preparation of the heart in man is, it, is of man. And the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Now, this is the thing that uh, God has given us a nature and a will 
and we can we can um, plan things. We do plan things, right? And it's in our nature to think that we really know what we're doing. So, <laughs> um, so we go ahead and we plan things, uh, and God plans and prepares. And because we are made in His image, it's our nature to do the same thing. But now He's talking about the heart. It is we we we. We prepare things in the heart. Our plans are coming out of our own desire, our heart. The heart is where the seat of our emotions and our will and those things that we want are placed. But when wisdom is given voice, in other words, when we allow wisdom to guide us and direct us, whatever you respond with regards to any plan that you've made will be by the Spirit of God. So even though we plan as wise children who are applying the knowledge that we have of God himself, he then will give us answer so that we are, uh, so to speak, kind of consenting to those things which are righteous and not those things which are not righteous, right? A, a somewhat obscure proverb which recognizes that man has to exercise his own reason in making his plans, but that he is dependent on the Lord to give the right answer to even the plan that he makes. That's how I see it. And I would be very pleased to read any comment that you have out there to help us understand it further. Now, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. This one I really, I really like. But the Lord weighs the spirits. Okay, the Lord really is uh, watching our motives. So we think that those things that we devise, think of what what, what we want to do, you know, we very seldom see or check the motive behind it. Even the motive is sitting right there. It really is right there. And if you just stopped and, and took a second look at your heart condition when you are making these decisions, you would see what your true motive is. But instead, we just go about doing the things that we want to do, you know, just doing them, having a ball, just doing it. And you really believe somehow that that is a pure decision because you see, when we make decisions, when we do what we want to do, we don't suffer immediate consequences. Sometimes we do. Ever so often we do. But most times you do a thing, you keep moving. You don't really get the fact that if that decision was not a good one, it has a recompense. Something is coming on back to show you yourself, right? So there's a, an old song, the good you do will come on home to you. It will. The bad you do will come on home to you. It will. And um, we're never get, getting by or getting away with these decisions that we make, even though they may seem like innocent to us, you know, like it's okay, I did this or whatever. You know, I sidestepped a little bit. I wanted to. You don't check yourself. You don't check your motives. And so you come up short. In the day when you would like to reap a good harvest, you come up short. Because you see, we've done this all along the way. And now we are faced with a need that should have been met all those, what, years or months or actions ago. 
and it isn't there because God is always checking your motive. The Lord is always checking the heart of a man. That's how it is. He weighs the spirit. He knows and measures everything. And it is if we deceive ourselves, we cannot fully evaluate ourselves. But God can. And through his word, he provides penetrating evaluation. That's what's been happening to us with reading the Psalms. This has penetrated our very souls. It has penetrated our minds, at least mine. And I have been um, made more aware of the intents and motives of my own heart. And I have examined my responses to certain situations and my reactions and why that happens, right? And then in doing it, know what happens? I can be more truthful in in relationship. I can not pretend that everything is all right when there are real tears and breaches that need to be repaired. I can at least uh, hold, you know, answer with my mouth out of a more um, pure, a purer motive. Like I can, I can be more certain that the things that I am saying are actually appropriate for a particular situation. That's where we're going with the Proverbs. Praise the Lord. And now we go on to Proverbs 3. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. Okay, that stands to reason. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked. And this was one I, I just knew somebody would say, you know, let's talk about that one. Even the wicked, <laughs> even the wicked um, uh, for his purposes and for the, the day of disaster, even the wicked for the day of disaster. That's Proverbs uh, 16, 4, Proverbs. So, yes, it's, it's a hard thing to say that the Lord has created those things which turn out wickedly, right? Because you almost have to say, well, he made that too. And really and truly in Isaiah, he says, I made the wicked. He said it for the day. He, he did. He does it. And um, those angels that fail, they, they're God's creation as well. Right? So everything that is made is made by God. And God has given choice, of course, we know, to mankind. And he must have given choice to those angels too. Because they did indeed rebel and fall even as mankind. And because they had a direct um, understanding greater than ours of God and his way, when they fail, they, there is no redemption for them. But for man, there is. And like Touch Rice, yes, he has all providence over the spirit of spirits of mankind. I'm learning to take time and respond to most things in my journey and intentionally listen listening for God's direction. We want that because if we don't watch out, we could be, we could be wickedness for the judgment. You know what I mean? Like if you want to always uh, be on the right side of what God is saying, doing, and how he is um, responding uh, to certain situations and circumstances in our lives. So the commentary says that the Lord has made all things for himself. 
And as creator of all things, he has a right to claim all things for himself. Even the wicked for the day of doom, God's plan and providence includes the destiny of the wicked. He has appointed them for the day of doom. And the, the general meaning is that there are ultimately no loose ends in God's world. Everything will be put to some use and matched with its proper fate. It doesn't mean that God is the author of evil. He doesn't author it, but he creates the thing that may turn out to be wicked as well. Remember in the garden, he said what he had made was good. It was all good. And yet there was the um, the serpent there who was, you know, the fallen Satan. And then there was the uh, will of man that chose a different path than what God had created them to walk in. So God does make everything. And God is not easily explained. So it, there, there's no easy way, uh, you know, there's, I, I, I'm just not smart enough to explain God in, in total. I can only give you my reaction, my response, my, you know, prayer for consideration of those things that are true about God. And he will open up to us all so much more. So Proverbs 5, every proud, everyone who is proud in heart is, the Lord just doesn't like that pride thing. See, Satan was proud. You know, he, uh, in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, you can read how beautiful a creature he was and how talented he was to, you know, he was the head of all praise. And he, you know, just, oh my goodness, the magnificence of this creature, right? And he thought, though, in his pride that he he could do a better job than God. <laughs> so God is not dealing with us in pride. He, he does not like pride. And he's warned us that pride goes before fall and pride goes before destruction. So you cannot stand in the, um, you know, the uh, haughtiness of your own heart and perform righteousness. Because when we do that, somehow we want all of the attention, we want all of the glory, we want every um, every compliment. We men can just be that way, and the Lord doesn't deal with that at all, because He knows what He's done in every man. And he didn't put everything in one person. He really did disperse his gifts amongst us. Uh, mercy and truth. The, verse, the next verse there is uh, verse 6. An atonement is provided for iniquity. In mercy and truth, atonement, at one minute, being at one with God, is a provision in mercy and truth for all the iniquities that we have committed before God. And by the fear of the Lord, when you fear the Lord, you will depart from evil. When you have that, we, we talked about what fear is, is the righteous and holy reverence and understanding that God is greater than anything I know. And he is every day. The performance of God is, is showing his glory his power, his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence. He's everywhere. He knows everything and he has all power. And in the face of that, 
recognition of God. We are ourselves in submission to him. We are understanding that we are under him and we need him. So all his mercy and his truth, his mercy is his love. Jesus Christ on the cross, death for my sins, pure purity for my iniquity, you see, perfection for my lack of perfection. God is showing that. And the Bible says in the book of uh, which one? Um, the goodness of God. I, I forget which book it is. It may be um, uh, Philippians. The goodness of God leads men to repentance. He's not willing for any to perish. And so he's good to everybody. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. You know, a seed time and harvest benefit the just and the unjust. The death on the cross was for the just, no just there, the unjust. We were all in need of that atonement. And that death made atonement possible. And so many can come in. Hallelujah. I don't deserve his love, but I thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving me. That is true. And um, Light Touch, I think it's Light Touch wrote, or is this Tony? Yo, the directions and the corrections from God that Mummy and Light Touch tackled is very important that uh, to pursue, overtake, and recover all which are the our theme for most conferences. Oh, all over around the world was a go-ahead direction from God to David after David made inquiries with him. After God's direction, he pursued, overtook, and recovered everything. Seeking God's thought in every decision you make is very vital as a believer. We cannot, we can't even live, you know, without it. How can we say we are born again? when we do not pay attention to what our Father is teaching us. He's instructing us. He is chastising us when we go astray. It isn't a beat-down chastisement. It is a recognition that we have done wrong. And like a good parent, He forgives us when we repent and He turns us again to righteousness beautifully said, Tony, thank you so much. And now when a man's ways please the Lord, I mean, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And that's because who doesn't like righteousness? Who doesn't like a nice person? You know, some people are jealous of nice people. You know, they have an arrogance about them, whatever. But pretty much we want folks to be nice to us. I would say all the time, welcome be, we're so glad you in. Uh, joined us in the studio. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That one is self-explanatory. You please God and he will do the rest with regards to you and your relationships, even those that are at enmity with you. And uh, verse nine says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That goes right back to the one we just covered. I think it was what verse was that? Verse 2 and verse 1, same thing and same principle. Um, now, Proverbs 16, 10 says, um, God's verdict is on the lips of a king. His, his mouth should not err in judgment. 
um, and and the let's see, the King James reads that a little different. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresses not in judgment. And the thing is, his mouth shouldn't transgress. And the king's way um, should be uh, an, ord an ordained, that, that office is ordained. God has given us government. So um, that word, well, they in, in this book, they're using the word divination, but it's not really what we're thinking. It's uh, which is take something which is ta sometimes taken in a good sense for prudence, carefulness, right? Being careful, choosing well and wisdom and piercing judgment to discern dubious and difficult cases. So the king is ordained of God to be just and righteous. And so there should never uh, speak anything but wisdom from a king's mouth. But it doesn't happen, of course. We know that the same lips that must speak wisdom and discernment should not also be used to go beyond God's wisely appointed boundaries of judgment. And unfortunately, kings and, and judges and all those people, they're people, and they have made mistakes, and God has indeed uh, brought them down accordingly, right? But that it, the, the, this proverb bespeaks what ought to be. It is that the um, the king, the king's uh, judgment should be righteous and it should be divine and his lips should speak that as well. And so we go on to uh, verse 12. Yeah, uh, verse 12 kind of is in the same vein um, that uh, a king should not commit wickedness. It's an abomination for them to do that. For the throne is established by righteousness. In other words, God has indeed established it. And it it should never be um, taken lightly by the king, nor by people, because, you know, kings have power and they can cause um, us to suffer if we step out of line. Us meaning if you live with the king, we don't live with the king here. But our president, you know, and our officials have kind of that divine kind of, you know, uh, power thing going on. So we have to be careful. And we should all always recognize that <clears throat> government is an established uh, order of the Lord. And those people who are, are set there uh, by whatever means they get there, their, their purpose is to make sure that there is order in the society and that there's equity and justice. God requires that. So we go on to 13. Righteous lips are a delight of kings and it's in the same vein and they love him who speaks what is right. Absolutely. Uh, that's kind of self-explanatory. And verse 14, a messenger of death is the king's wrath. Okay, this one is important and I was just saying that uh, a messenger of death is, is the king's wrath. Um, but a wise man will appease it. In other words, um, if, if we are in opposition to the king's decree and power, right, and he takes that seriously, he could have, have us killed, you know, you could be d destroyed by that. But wisdom will appease that. You know, the Lord tells us to be cunning in all things. And we are supposed to obey as much as possible the masters, those who have a rule over us. 
So you want to be in kindness, even where there is wickedness, right? You you know about that. And uh, I don't, I can't say that the Lord wouldn't cause us to, at some point, speak out. Uh, but just know if we do, there is a penalty to pay if the king is wicked. And Proverbs 15 says, In the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. Absolutely, if you... You know, if, if uh, royalty takes a shine to you, they're going to treat you well. How much better to get wisdom than gold and to under, get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Now that really says what it, what it says, and that's really what it is. Um, wisdom uh, affords, uh, affords one um, the, the import of those actions and that that will will do everything else that we we've, we've said when you are getting wisdom you're getting a right answer you're turning away wrath you are aware of your intents and motives and that is just better than gold itself and when you get wisdom and understanding together your application is in every aspect of your life you're not um in the dark about your innermost thoughts or your innermost actions. You're constantly in an awareness and adjustment so that we are walking in God's way. That's important to, to deal with in, to, in terms of our personal growth and our representation of God. We are ambassadors of the, of the kingdom of God. That's who we are in the earth. And when people see us, they're judging God. If you tell somebody that you are a believer, you are a Christian, you trust in God, you believe in Jesus Christ, that if you don't act like it, their next question is, really? I, I don't want to, you know, if that's what it is, I don't want it. It was that um, Mahatma Gandhi, I think, said he liked our Christ. He didn't like our his the Christians. You know, he wasn't so clean on the Christians because what what we represent are those that he people that he saw were not consistent in the doctrines of Jesus Christ, and so people are judging. Uh, well, he didn't judge God, but he did say he liked Christ, right? But he did say he didn't like the Christians, right? And so we have to be very very watchful and uh, make sure that we are keeping our way. So now this is metaphorically speaking, the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. So your direction in life, the road that you travel is consistently to depart from evil, to go away from evil. That is your consistent direction. That is the pathway we are on as God's people. And in doing this, we preserve our own souls. It is away from the detriment of unrighteous life. And the detriment of it is death. It's evil. We are not walking that way, right? So the highway of the upright is to depart from evil because he who keeps his way preserves his own soul. The Lord is bringing us into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, our relationship with him, is as father and as our father we obey him we pay attention to him we acknowledge his knowledge over our own and so we submit because we know that he knows the way 
Now, Proverbs 16, 18, again, is a repetition of principles that we have uh, uh, encountered in even yesterday's, and I think um, a couple of the chapters. And that's this pride thing, this sense that you are so, so wonderful, you know, or that somebody thinks themselves so wonderful that they're acting out all the time in terms of, you know, taking credit for every little thing and, you know, making sure that they are getting all of the attention. And when there is a compliment to be had, you know, they stand between the compliment, the person giving the compliment and the person that the compliment really should go to. In other words, we are not standing in the in the middle of uh, or, or in the shadow. We don't put God in the shadow of His own glory. He is the glorious one, and it's written in. Now, this is First uh, Corinthians, I think, for, or chapter seven. What do you have that you didn't receive? And if you received it, how do you boast? See, pride is that boastfulness. Is that you know that um, uh, with a strut, you know, like everything is everything, and it's all about me. You know what pride is, I'm sure. I don't think there's a person born alive who has not, at one point, uh, 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 been been aware that they were in a prideful place. We use the word proud, like when our children do well. Oh, they made me so proud. You know, that means I felt just like I was the best parent ever. Uh, or my children are the best children ever. Well, you know, it ain't so. Not even close. There, there are no best ever because we are all fallen creatures and we all struggle with the fallen nature until we come to know Jesus Christ. And then after that, he brings us up. What we what we have is the empowerment to overcome these awful um, and, and not righteous ways. And we have to stay with God. And that's what the Proverbs has been doing. That's what God's word does for us. Keeps us aware. You're always self-assessing. And the verse 19, to, uh, better to be humble of spirit. Oh my goodness with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. I mean, because pride goes before fall, pride goes before destruction. It's just better to take the low road, you know, like, well, what do they say, to, to fly under the radar and to not try to, you know, stand in the glory of God. You, It's just better to do that uh, because ultimately the other way is destruction. It is a fall. And whosoever trusts in the Lord is happy. Now, this is Proverbs 16, uh, verse 20. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. Principle repeated. Just listen to the word of God. Walk in his way. Let it do in you and me. Let, it, let let's, God let us let it just seep right down into the very cracks and crevices of our person, of our character, of our personalities, and search out the lack, search out the places that we are still wanting and cleanse us, cleanse us, Lord, wash us with your word, because whoever trusts in the Lord is happy. That's what the Bible says. I'm telling you, when you get over yourself, really and truly, you find that there is a, a lot to smile about, right? Because you're not in, in battle. You're not in the battle with your own um, fleshliness, your own... Um, what are those like earthly temporal concerns? You're at peace and God is good. So Proverbs 21 says the wise in heart will be called prudent and sweetness of the lips increases learning.
I just um, th this idea of prudence, right? When you when you allow your heart to uh, to receive the word of God, then you are able to demonstrate the life of Christ in you, and people will be able to see it, and they will call you wise. That's just the bottom line. You, because you're living different than uh, other people. You're not chasing the same whatever we chase in this life. It's crazy, right? When you think about it, and we get kind of you start aging, and you realize that chase was really like uh, just chasing the wind. Because what do you achieve? Even if you know, even if you get the house on the hill and the car and a wardrobe to to die for, it's just things and stuff but those things do not bring what the average quest the average person quests for in life we're looking to be happy we really are looking for contentment we are looking and wanting good solid relationships and love we want that and yet we will chase all this stuff that doesn't even what does what does a car have to do with love or what does you know a a five hundred or five thousand dollar suit have to do with contentment? Absolutely nothing. You know you maybe have wanted it, you got it, and there it is, right? But where is everything else? It's hanging there. You can put it on, but where are you going in it? If you have not good relationships, if you don't have uh, good uh, established righteous ways to live what is all this stuff right so that's that's really um the sweetness of the lips really is how we speak one to another uh, we choose our words carefully this is prudence and in in so doing we enhance the learning of another when you are wise in your speech when you are sharing out of a righteous understanding, you are blessing another life. That's what we do when we allow the Lord to actually cleanse us with and by his word. Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it. But correction of fools is folly. When, when wisdom brings, wisdom does bring life, but it's usually foolish to try to correct a fool We've met this in another chapter. See, repetition. God wants us to hear these principles really and truly. And the, just today, oh, I know I was with a, a friend who has been listening to the Proverbs, and she was talking about how deeply affected she has been by these Proverbs. Um, and she was saying <laughs> that, asking a question, well, how are we going to deal with some things that are going on, what we're going to do? And, I, and it came to our minds. You can't, you correct a fool, so the Bible says, so the proverb says, and they will hate you. Then she said, well, how do we know? And I'm saying, you know, when person is, is, is uh, always, you know, in opposition, like there's nothing that they can agree on. They always have to have the last word. They have to be in control. They must have the power. And they are critical. And that, come on, tell me. God has given us enough information to discern when we are with people who really don't want reproof. 
We know that, you know. And how do we know that we are right? We know we are right, not because we are right, right, but because the Lord is checking us all the time. And when you're constant in his word, you're constantly being corrected, right? And so in love, your heart is filled with a, a, a desire to see people uh, uh, do well. And so you try to offer perspective. You're not trying to change their minds all at once by, you know, fussing and saying you're wrong, you shouldn't be doing that. We're not talking like that. You're giving perspective. You're uh, uh, trying to let them see a different uh, way, which is a godly way. You know, you're coming out of your own box. That's when you know that you're with a fool. Not only that, the Bible says that the fool has already said in his heart, there is no God. So how can you reprove someone with righteousness who doesn't even believe in righteousness? So we know, right? Okay, dokie. And then verse 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. We had a really good time the other day talking about this. That's right. When you speak pleasant words and sweetness to others, it is really healing. You know, and I could tell you stories because I worked with teenagers who are pain field and been hurt and lots of things have been going on in their lives. And they can be very mean and very, um, uh, what is the word? Oh, I don't even know. They can, they, their response and their behaviors are such that if you're not a mean person, <laughs> they can hurt your feelings real bad, right? But kindness, kindness can turn away that wrath. I'm telling you, God's word is on the money. I've had to practice it. And I know that in such cases, it does bring health and healing. It takes patience and it takes forbearance, just like God does with us. But yes, combative, thank you. You're right, they fight back, yes. And not just teenagers, people. You, you can meet some old folks who have been hurt through life and they've never reconciled these issues, you know, and, and they're combative, absolutely. And no matter what you say, no matter how you say it, they're retorting back. They're defending themselves. They are punching, right? Absolutely. So um, the person who labors, labors for himself, but his hungry mouth drives him on. Absolutely. Uh, when people are rewarded with the benefit of their own work, they know that their work can fill their hungry mouths. You know, it's a good thing to learn, really, because you, you, we're supposed to work when it isn't necessary to work in order to fill a hungry mouth, much less work will be done. Yeah, but work is really a gift and a benefit uh, of the Lord. Good, solid, meaningful work establishes purpose. And so all of us should have an appetite for working, not laboring for our happiness, but putting our hands to, uh, to good and enduring uh, deeds and work that satisfies also the mouth, you know, caring for yourself. So ungodly men dig up evil and it is on their lips like a burning fire. You know, I think you probably know a bunch of uh, ungodly people. We were talking about the, you know, the combative person, the the person who holds grudges, the, uh, just yeah, that whole thing, just digging all the time, remembering evil, trying to bring it, um, use it as a way to um, condone their own actions. These, this is, 
these are ungodly people when they do that. Now, not all ungodly people. people in other words, every person who says they don't believe in God doesn't act like this, you see. And some people who do say they believe in God act like this. So we have to judge. Let the Holy Spirit give us a discerning uh, discernment to, to know who we're with at all times. Light Touch says, yes, amen. It must be hard to uh, contemplate wickedness and to do harm to others. It has to be a wearying thing. You know, you know, I, I, I agree, right? And you think that folks will get tired of it. But they go on and on and on and on, on and on and on and on. A lot of people who use drugs are, are holding that, you know, they're using drugs to get uh, free, to free themselves somehow from something that has hurt them in the past. And they kind of can't let it go. And when I was working with them, they, some, 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 you know, I, I, I don't doubt a person who used drugs at all. Because they really are, in, in a lot of cases, sometimes it's just recreational stuff, but other times they're really trying to um, overcome some some ill that has happened to them many, in many cases. But I, I would say it doesn't, it's not working. You know, you're not getting past it. What you're doing is drowning and trying to deny it. But it is not leaving you because every time we talk, you talk about it. So I know you're not free. You're just not free. And in, in that being a truth, why don't you try a new way? <laughs> I tell you. And there is a program called Teen Challenge, which is for not only teens, but adults. It has the best uh, record for restoring life to people who have lived the drug culture and been drug addicts. And why? Because it is very Christian-based, and they're very serious about it. So people come in, they find Jesus Christ. Their recidivism rate is lower than any other program. At least that, that was the truth about 10 years ago. And I'm, I'm saying that God has power to change a man's mind, to, make, to change our thoughts, to make us understand. And we want to do that. So a perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Come on. You know, how this is, th these proverbs really, really bring us face to face with people we know and with ourselves. How many people do you know who are just talking, 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 talking? And, and, um, <laughs> so very true. Um, they are sowing strife, they are drumming up stuff. It just happened to me not too long ago, and it came from a very unlikely source. And the person said something to me that they, I'm sure they wanted me to turn on the person they said, they said it about me, but instead the Holy Spirit, I, I tell you, it was, it was only God. I looked at him and I said, why did you, why did you let them say that? You heard it. You know me. Why did you let them get by with that? Why didn't you take the defense there on my behalf? But see, their purpose was not to inform me. Their purpose was to divide, to make me turn against the other person. And I'm never going to do that on hearsay. By God's grace and power, the Lord will help me. It's gonna, I'm going to have to see it for myself. 
or hear it for myself because often some things are said in a particular context and when you lift it out of context it can change the meaning altogether and I have learned a long time ago long a long time ago it's just not wise to talk about folks that's just not a wise thing to do at all right sowing strife and separating and dividing yeah backbiting and whispering and all these perversions that we live with. Uh, verse 29 says, a violent, a violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. I'm telling you, listen, yeah, you know, there's a scripture about joining house to house. And uh, so, you, you know, a violent, somebody was telling me, oh, you know, I, I, I'm so very old. I've heard, I had so many experiences here. But there was once a story where um, someone assumed that because they were from the same nation, that they were going to have a, a, a party hardy friend, you know? The assumption was there. But that wasn't true at all. And they were neighbors, right? So you're enticing the neighbor to a, to a way of life that the neighbor's not even interested in. And I think it was yesterday when we talked again about do don't don't do harm to your neighbor because he's trying to live by you in in um in peace and you know he's trying to do good and you're enticing bringing other people down and let me tell you how many folks well let me tell you you know you know i i think there are many people who take pride and I, you see it isn't the person there is an enemy to our very souls and they're out there that enemy is moving in wherever he can he's using people that we might trust or depend on, we, we, we love them, that he's using them to turn us into these wretched, nasty, awful, ugly, un, ungodly people. God help us to be more aware. And there are times you have to speak a truth, you know, you do, because to keep on letting people get by with um, uh, their, their wrong, their unrighteous deeds, those things that are not fair or, or, and are wrong is, is also not right. It's, it's not a good thing. But to, to try and um, understand that there is an enemy and he simply is moving in wherever he can. We need to remember that so that we can go to the Lord first. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He pursues his lips and brings about evil. That's a continuation of uh, verse 29, I do believe there. Um, let's see, it reads, um, A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He pursues, he purses his lips and brings about evil. Yeah. The Proverbs is real good at giving us descriptions of these people too, how they look and all that. And uh, I don't know. Uh, let, let us let us hear and ask the Lord to make us very aware. And then finally, we get back uh, to the. We're coming into the end where we started, and um, so verse thirty-one says. That's me. The hoary head is a crown of glory. When you are old and you're gray-haired, right? And that means you've spent years. Now, I didn't spend years getting gray. I was gray. Er, well, I did spend some years, but I was gray very early <clears throat> in life. And I had a friend who was uh, gray from birth. 
she had this mingly gray and black hair. I mean, equally mingly gray and black. Um, but when you do finally come to what we think is old age and you have this gray hair, right? The Bible says it is a crown of glory if it is found in righteousness. Praise the Lord. I, it, it's a, it's a um, testimony of being submitted to God in such a way as to have been raised up in him. And that hoary head is the years that you spent in his, in his presence, in his learning. That's what this proverb is saying. So there's a blessing there. And 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit and he who takes a city. And in this context, the spirit is um, behavior, motives, intents of the heart. If we can be in self-control, we can exercise restraint, even when we are angry. It makes you a mighty human being. You're mighty. You're strong in the Lord. And I pray to get there. And finally, we, we begin at the beginning. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. That, that lot, that dice, that, that thing we do when we hand over every issue to God and let him guide us in the right path is the finality of it all. It is also the beginning of it all. Remember, the beginning, fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And he get 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 knowledge. Take knowledge in. But as you are getting it, get understanding and make sure that that understanding um, guides us to make application in the context of our lives when we find ourselves in these particular circumstances. In, the, in relationships that require us to be challenged. You know, the, you, you don't know how spiritually strong you are until you are challenged. You don't know that you are walking with the Lord until you have to uh, stand up to some of the things that come as a result of walking with the Lord. And so that's our prayer tonight. I ask the Lord to really and truly um, guide us and direct us so that we are able to stand in the great day. You know, that's, that's really what it's all about. We want to be able to stand. We want to be able to stand. God is taking us to a an eternity that will be more glorious, more beautiful than anything we can imagine in this world. And we do want to get there. So if it takes a little um, checking of myself, then I want to check myself. I really do. And I ask God to help me. Because the flesh is so, so weak. What is it? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Paul writes 
with my flesh, with my mind, I obey. <laughs> I obey the Lord. I do the law, but it's my flesh that goes against it. And then he asked the question, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he thanks my God. I thank my God that through Jesus Christ, I am delivered. And that's how it is. May he be praised forever. Well, uh, welcome to everyone. Yes, we choose daily to follow the righteous. So many people have entered into the studio. I am so sorry that I did not acknowledge that, but I shall at this point. I think uh, Sharon came in. God bless you. So glad you were here. B K O B entered Paul Mickey and uh, Truck Jewels again. And uh, Tony, of course. Tony, we're going to have Tony on because he has so much good to share. Those things which God has done uh, just since we have known him. You're all so much a part of the, the reading of these Proverbs. And your comments are, I'm, I'm seeking your comments. I really want you to write in the, use the chat to, to type in comments, right? It would be lovely to share them. Because what we're doing here is not so much teaching as we are sharing. We are fellow believers. We are yoked together. We have one mind. Oh, chosen. Yes, I thank you. And Saki Prince. Yes, all of you. So good that you were here tonight. I so appreciate it. And I'm glad to make your acquaintance uh, via this cyber connection that we have. God is really good. And we ask him to... Uh, plant his seed deep in our being so that we are growing continuously in him. We are, we are being raised in Christ and we want to be every bit, everywhere, his own child. May the Lord bless us and keep us. And if there's nothing more, amen, uh, says uh, a <laughs> light touch. Lord, make me able to stand in the name, the holy name of of Jesus Christ. All authority we access through and by Jesus Christ. And so we thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer, for hearing our, our plead, really, to be your own and to heed these proverbs, to just get better and better at being your children. That's what we are all about. That's what we want. And I thank you for doing so in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, we have indeed dined at a very well uh, prepared table. The delectables here are unlike those any place else. You'll never taste what you taste when you read God's word. And with the psalmist, I say, oh, taste and see that the Lord truly is good. And um, we will we'll never be disappointed as we dine with him. It's a good meal. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of you who are, you know, who visit us uh, on different occasions and every day some, we will meet tomorrow, which is the day of gathering, the day of fellowship. We will read tomorrow at two o'clock, just once uh, on Sunday, right? And then um, if you come, I'll see you then. If not, maybe on Monday, again, 9 o'clock and Monday evening, 8.30. Every day except Wednesday. Wednesday at 6, Sunday at 2. Wednesday 9 and 6, Sunday 2. 
and every other day, 9 and 8.30. May you have a really great night. And you know, I just love to play this music because it always gives me a big smile after the Lord's word has convicted me and <laughs> made me happy to know that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's a promise of God written in the book of James. So we are convicted. We are made glad because we know that God really intends for us to get it. And I just love his tenacity. He comes after me and I like that. Keep us, Lord Jesus. Keep us. Keep us, we pray. And bless everyone who has come tonight. Everyone, bless them, Lord God, in ways that they didn't even know blessing could come. Oh, you're so good. And we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the gathering. And with that, all of you, I say, I have a really good morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you are in the world. Remember, God is there too. And he can do exceeding abundantly above anything any of us could ever ask or think. Every need met. Just call on him. God bless. Talk to you now.